Thanks so much, guys. If you want to take a seat, as Elle said, I'm Emily, if you haven't met me before. Um, if you haven't met me, you've probably heard me because I'm quite loud and in your face. Um, <laughs> as these guys mentioned, tonight's working a little bit differently. So really, um, this is just like a, a short talk that um, I feel like God's really laid on my heart as, as kind of a bit of a call to worship, and then we're just going to worship, which is great. Um, so I'm just going to read from Psalm 27. So if you do have your Bible with you and you like to read along, please do. Um, I'm just going to read that for us and, and just share a few thoughts that God's really laid on my heart for this evening. So Psalm 27 says, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked advance against me to devour me, it is my enemies and my foes who will stumble and fall. Though an army besiege me, my heart will not fear. They will break out against me. Even then, I will be confident. One thing I ask from the Lord, this only do I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze on the beauty of the Lord and to seek him in his temple. For in the day of trouble, he will keep me safe in his dwelling. He will hide me in the shelter of his sacred tent and set me high upon a rock. Then my head will be exalted above the enemies who surround me. And at his sacred tent, I will sacrifice with shouts of joy. I will sing and make music to the Lord. Hear my voice when I call. Lord, be merciful to me and answer me. My heart says of you, seek his face. Your face, Lord, I will seek. Do not hide your face from me. Do not turn your servant away in anger. You have been my helper. Do not reject me or forsake me, God, my saviour. Though my father and mother forsake me, the Lord will receive me. Teach me your way, Lord. Lead me in a straight path because of my oppressors. Do not turn me over to the desire of my foes, for false witnesses rise up against me, spouting malicious accusations. I remain confident of this. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord. Be strong and take heart and wait for the Lord. This is the word of the Lord. Amen. Um, this is, there's a lot there. We're not going to try and cover all of that right now. <laughs> but just the general gist of what's going on here. It's such an awesome psalm. Oh my goodness, I could say so much. Anyway, a few weeks ago... You may have been here, but we had the privilege of the wonderful Will Stewart Lee joining us here at the A15. He's one of our curates here at St. Audates. Um, he came and joined us and he, he gave an incredible preach on wholehearted devotion to God. And if you weren't there, or you were but you've forgotten about it, I, I seriously, literally cannot express to you enough, urge you, stress, encourage you to go away and listen to that talk because it, it was... For me, I found it life-changing. It was unbelievably good. Now, I've been a follower of Jesus for quite a long time. Definitely not as long as some people in this church, um, but definitely longer than others. And because of that 
I sometimes find myself getting a little bit complacent. It's quite easy when you've been following Jesus for a while. It's not always like hype and excitement. Sometimes it just gets a bit mellow. And I sometimes find that I can have a bit of a bad attitude when it comes to listening to preachers. And I can come away thinking, yeah, that was a really great reminder of loads of stuff that I already know and I already do. And that's great. Well done. And it's not a good mindset to take on. So I don't encourage that. But there's something about when Will spoke the other week that hit me in a way that I just haven't maybe ever been hit before or definitely not in a long, long time. And it's really stuck with me. There was just something about what he said that it just wrecked me and it ruined me and it encouraged me and it challenged me and it just made me think completely different. And it, it felt like God was just probing me saying, Emily, this is what I want you to hear. This is the, the missing key that you've been searching for for so long. Listen up, open your ears, I'm talking to you. And I've just not been able to get it out of my head. And I keep thinking about what Will was talking about. I keep thinking about what does it really mean for us to offer our whole selves to God as living sacrifices? And what does it look like for us to be people who are committed to sitting and waiting on the altar and waiting for the presence of God? And how we need to be people who seek after the fire of God and then who are set ablaze with that fire and, and go out into the world and see other people set on fire for God and see, see everyone's hearts captured by God's love and see every knee bow to the name of Jesus. What does that mean and what would that look like? And I came away from that Sunday so inspired to ask God for more of his fire and to sit and wait on the altar and I was, I was so pumped up and I was so ready to do this this was the change I've been looking for so much so that I actually set my alarm to go off half an hour early in the morning because I was like oh get up and I will wait on the altar and I will receive the fire of God and I will go out every day and being 100% transparent with you I've actually ended up spending less time with God in these last few weeks than I have in quite a while and that's not because I waited and I got bored or because the impact of that message kind of fell away. But it's because I didn't even get to the altar. I didn't even start. Because classic, life got in the way. I ended up having a really busy week following that Sunday and I was just so tired that I didn't even try and attempt to get up early and wait for God. And you know what, that really bummed me out because I genuinely, I genuinely believe the message that God gave to Will to share with us that week was transformative and challenging and absolutely crucial to us seeing God's kingdom come to earth. And I fully believe that if we as the body of Christ committed ourselves to waiting on the altar until we receive the fire of God and then we go out with that passion and love our neighbours as we love ourselves, we would see a radical transformation on earth. And as much as I carry that conviction in my heart, that passion has still failed to manifest itself into any form of action since that talk. And it's been through this journey I've taken with God the last few weeks that he's really revealed to me that busyness is the killer of our faith. That actually sin isn't our big issue anymore. It's still something we have to take seriously um, and really fight against, but Jesus has already won that battle. Jesus overcame death and carries victory over death because of his death and resurrection. Sin isn't our big issue anymore. It's busyness. Because busyness gets in the way of us being people who seek God with our whole hearts. 
There was a bit in Psalm 27 that said, one thing I ask from the Lord, this only do I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze on the beauty of the Lord and to seek him in his temple. David could have asked for anything. David's the guy who wrote the psalm. David could have asked for anything. David could have desired anything, but David wanted only one thing and he asked for only one thing, just to be with God. He didn't ask for marriage or fame or wealth or success or beauty or a reputation or education or in our day and age, Instagram followers or the newest coffee press or some kind of delicious treat from Moo Moo's in the cover market. I really do love a Moo Moo's milkshake. Um, David just wanted God. He just wanted to sit and be with God all the days of his life. And can I just highlight something really important here that I think is so easy to miss, but I think it changes everything. More than anything else, he just wanted the person of God. He didn't want God's stuff or God's works or God's promises or the super cool, powerful things that God can do. Before any of that, he just wanted God himself. He just wanted to look at God and say, wow, you're beautiful. When was the last time you turned to Jesus and said, Lord Jesus, you're beautiful? It might have just been in our time of worship just now, and that's awesome if it was. But when was the last time, if ever? How often do we find ourselves praising God for all that he does for us, rather than all that he is? And please, please hear me when I say it is essential to give God praise for all the things that he does for us. He's a good God and he's a good God who's always working and always moving in our lives. And it's so important to have a heart posture of gratitude and thank God for all of those things. But have you, have you ever wondered how much more transformed our hearts would be and our minds would be and our lives would be if we just loved and adored the person of God? If we just said, I know God, I know Jesus, and I love Jesus, I just love Jesus for all that he is. He's my friend, and I know him, and I love him. And, and talking of friends, it makes me think of friendship. I don't know about you, um, but I feel like sometimes I have two kinds of friends. I have some friends that are my friends because they're really great to me, <laughs> and they do really nice things for me, or they they have some impressive things that they're able to do in their lives and I find that cool to be around. And then I find that there are these other kind of friends that in some ways are so much more special to me. And they're the friends who are, they're just an awesome person. I don't know if you can resonate, but you just have those friends that you're like, you're just an incredible, exceptional human. And they're the kind of person where you, you just seriously look forward to being around them because their presence is just, it's just beautiful inside and out. They, they emulate goodness. They, like, it radiates out of them. They radiate light. They just exude all of this awesome stuff. And you feel drawn to wanting to be around them loads because when you are around them, it just seems like lift off all the heavy stuff. And you just want to, or you want to laugh, or life just feels like it's going to be okay again. Or the slightly sort of messy, worldly things you're thinking become a lot more holier and a lot more loving. Or maybe you just feel so much more peaceful when you're around them. And I really think that's the same with God. 
when we're seeking after the person of God, but it's way, way better. When we fall in love with all that God is, all that he is, then all that he does will become an additional generous gift. But it won't be all that we want God for because we'll just want him. And when I was praying about what to say today off the back of this psalm, I really felt that God was saying, it's all about remembering why. And yes, why we worship God and we spend time with him, we sit in his presence, um, but why actually being an acronym. Wait, holy, and yield. When we, when we wait on God, we let go of distractions and busyness and selfishness and we give him space to reveal himself, to draw our hearts to his and it, and it grants us a space to stop and to look at him and to remember, wow, you're beautiful. And then when we wait, we experience and we encounter his holiness. When we wait and seek and wait and seek, we gain a greater appreciation for God's holiness, for his power and his might, for the fact that he's our light and our salvation, as we heard in this passage. So we no longer have to be afraid that he's kind enough to make our paths straight and keep us from straying. And that this awesome, majestic and magnificent God who created the whole flipping universe loves you. He knows your name and he loves you. He loves you so much that he made it possible that you don't actually have to go to a temple anymore like David did, but that he chose to build his temple in us. So we can just stop anywhere and sit and be with God and encounter his holy presence because he's just that good. And so after we wait and we encounter and experience God's holiness and we're reminded of his holiness, we then need to yield to his Holy Spirit. We need to give in to his Holy Spirit. We need to give God the right of way. Give up our right of way and give it to God. We need to give our whole selves. We need to lay down our agenda of that day or the agenda of our lives. And we need to put that at Jesus' feet and ask, God, where do you want me to go? And what do you want me to do? And who do you want me to go to? And what do you want me to do when I'm there with that person? David finishes by saying that he is confident that he will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. And if we really want to see this, then we really have to put down our selfish desires and realize that the world doesn't revolve around us. And we need to go out into the world with the fire of God and truly love his people with all that we have. And David's promise is that we can take heart when we're doing this because it's not always easy and we don't always feel like it and we don't always want to dwell in his house and we don't always want to look on his beauty. Sometimes we're annoyed at God or sometimes we're disappointed with God or sometimes we're just tired and grumpy. But if David, whilst being under attack, because that's what's going on here in Psalm 27, David's under attack. There are genuinely genuine people who are threatened to actually end his life like it really was a matter of life and death for David. If under this circumstance, he can still say, I only want God. And all we need is God and just to wait on God and have confidence and take heart because God is good and God will rescue us and we will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living, even though there are all these people that are trying to come and kill me and trying to attack me. If David can say that, we can say that too. 
We can say that in the face of pandemics and political unrest and all of the other terrible things going on in the world. We can still say that God's good, that he's the only thing we want and that we will see his goodness in the land of the living. And so really, that's what we want to make time and space for tonight. Because even in a Sunday service, we, we run the risk of being too busy. We're trying to think about getting to the next part of the service and then wrapping up on time so you can all go home and go to sleep or go to the pub like some of you do. I know Josh D does every week, faithful lad. And so tonight, we really want to create space to worship God to meet with God, to just be with God, to do our business with God, and just to glory in his presence. Or maybe receive some ministry, or maybe ask God some big questions that you've been wanting to ask for a long time, but maybe you haven't given him enough time to do that. Maybe you've been too busy. We just want to sit here in his house, look at his face and say, you're beautiful. And there may be some of you here this evening as well who have never done that before. And possibly you might not really be feeling like doing that. And you're not sure if you want to because you might not have said yes to Jesus or you might not have made your mind up on how you feel about all of this stuff. But the space we're creating tonight is for you too. I want to encourage all of us, and I'm including myself in that. (laughs) I want to encourage all of us this evening to just give God a moment to speak. Just be quiet and wait. Whether you're asking him to make himself real to you for the very first time, or whether you're asking asking him to help you to fall more in love with him, or whether you're asking him for more of his fire to come on you in your life. Let's get rid of the busy, and let's remember why. Let's wait. Let's bask in his holiness, and let's yield to his ways, because God's good and he loves you. I'm going to encourage all of us to stand and we're going to do it. (laughs) We're going to wait on God and we're going to see what he wants to do. Um, Because it's no good talking about creating space and then not actually having any space. Um, As we do that, only if you feel comfortable, if you want to, just as a sign to say that, yeah, God, I'm open to you. Come in Holy Spirit. Do you want to do, feel very free to, Hold your hands out if you want to. This isn't some kind of like magic power thing that we do when you like receive the lightning of God or anything like that. This is just a way of us posturing ourselves to say, rather than me being like, hmm, yeah, whatever, God, I'm not really feeling it. If you want to invite God to come, come move, reveal himself to you, this is a good way of saying, yeah, I'm showing you my body. I'm here, I'm present. So you don't have to do it, but if that would help, feel free. And we're just going to wait. Father, we thank you that we can just wait for you. I thank you that there's so much goodness that comes from just waiting on you, being people who come and offer ourselves and then just sit and wait. And we're not afraid of the silence, even though we're British and socially awkward. (laughs) We're not afraid of the silence, God. And we just want to wait on you. We thank you for the gift of your Holy Spirit. And we just say, Holy Spirit, would you you come and make yourself known among us in any way you want to? Would you speak and would you move? Come, Lord Jesus.